0: Would you join me today as we pray before we begin the message? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful for who you are. We recognize that we have an awesome privilege when we know you, uh, one that we do not deserve. uh, But your grace is real. And we ask, Father, that you would speak to us today, meet with us. And God, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us to understand your Holy Word And I ask that in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Sarah Haig liked to give her customers good, honest feedback as they choose clothes uh, in her department store. She wanted them to look their very best. She's not interested in just helping or, or just selling clothes. She wants to help her customers look their very best. So she gives them very honest feedback. One day a man came into her store, went to try on some things, and he came out of the dressing room and she immediately offered her unvarnished opinion. She shook her head no. She said, no, no, no. Those jeans look terrible on you. I'll get you another pair. And she took off. And he stood there in amazement and said, but I tried on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Guys, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like, man, I'm just trying to get a little better than I am, and I just can't seem to get it right. I'm trying to improve, but it just can't seem to hit the standard. And, and, you know, it doesn't help that this time of year, if you look at the commercials on television, you know, for Mother's Day, it's like, buy mom diamonds, $3,000. Father's Day, cargo shorts at Old Navy, $11. Sometimes it's just hard for us to measure up, it seems like. But I'm going to tell you a story today that I hope will encourage you, and it's a story that I think can help you be a godly man that we all want to be. But it's not just a story for the men in the church today. This is, though this is Father's Day and we want to honor our dads, this is also a story that would apply to the women, to teenagers, to anyone who has a relationship with God. And the story goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. Would you open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5? The story goes all the way back to the first man who walked on planet earth. Of course, his name was Adam. But it's not really a story about Adam. It's a story about one of his descendants, a man named Enoch. In one sense, Genesis chapter 5 is one of the most discouraging and hopeless chapters in the entire Bible. Warren Wiersbe said, it's like walking through a cemetery. For the first time in human history, as we read the scriptural account, for the first time in human history, natural death is introduced in the Bible. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. There's two very important statements I want you to see in verses 1 through 5. And this may sound a little familiar to some of you because when we were in Genesis in the month of February on Sunday nights, we, this is one of the passages that we studied. But, but for the rest of us, it will be new material. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. This is the written account of Adam's line. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female, and blessed them, and when they were created, he called them man. And when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Adam lived 930 years, and if you, would you read those next few words with me? And then he died. Now there's two statements about verses one, and five, 1 through 5 that I want to make today. It's just kind of a foundational to everything else we want to talk about. The first statement is this. I want you to notice that Adam had a son, the Bible says, in his own likeness. That's in verse 3. I want you to look at verse 1 and verse 3. Compare these two. It says in verse 1, When God created man, He made him, man, Adam, in the likeness of who? Of God. But now look in verse 3. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son, and it says, in his own likeness. And then it says again, in his own image. See, Adam was made in the likeness of God. But after Adam sinned, when he later became a father... His son was in his image, in his likeness. Now, the second standard or sec- second statement I want to make to kind of lay the foundation for today is this. The Bible says in verse 5 that not only did Adam have a son that was not in the likeness of God, but in his likeness, but he also had a son that experienced something. He experienced the same thing that his father experienced. Well, What did his father experience? In verse 5, it says, Adam died. And we're told in Genesis 2.17 that God said to Adam, Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. And indeed, that is what happened to Adam. Disobeying God led to his death. But here's what I want you to see. It didn't just lead to his death. Because his son was made in his likeness, in his image, because he had that same sinful nature that his father had, Adam's children experienced what Adam experienced, death. In fact, it not only was with Adam's son, but it continued to be passed down generation to generation to generation. So, let's walk through the graveyard, if you will. Beginning in verse 6, we won't read all of it, but verse 6. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. And after he became the father of Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Seth lived 912 years, and here it is. And then he died, just like his father Adam had done. Verse 9, when Enoch had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. And after he became the father of Kenan, Enoch lived 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 905 years, and then he died. For sake of time, let's skip down to verse 18. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. And there's several other generations between those verses that we read. This is a dark, dark chapter. They lived and they died. They lived and they died. Generation after generation after generation after generation. They lived and they died. But this dark chapter has a bright spot. Beginning in verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch, we're told again, walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. All of a sudden, the storyline changes dramatically, doesn't it? Enoch does not die. In fact, there are only two men in the Bible who did not die. One was Enoch, the other was the prophet Elijah. Enoch was different from everyone else before him. All the generations before him lived and they died. They lived and they died. Enoch lived and he walked with God. And that made all the difference. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, walking with God. This would apply to all of our dads. This would apply to whether you have children or not. This would apply to our moms. This would apply to our teenagers. It's going to apply to anyone. I want to talk to you about walking with God and what that means. First of all, number one, I'm going to give you four things based on Scripture. Walk with me through the Scripture. First of all, I want you to know that walking with God always has a starting point. What caused Enoch to live differently from his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather and everyone else in his lineage? What was it that caused him to live differently? Well, we find the answer in verse 21 and 22. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And watch this. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. I don't know what the first 65 years of his life were like. I assume that he was like the rest of the crowd before him, just trying to live life as best as he could. But one day, there was a little boy born to him, a little boy that they named Methuselah. And it appears that the birth of this son was the turning point in his life. Enoch made the decision to start walking with God. Now, if you're a father, you probably already know what that's like. Because when you become a father, you begin to reflect upon your own life. When you recognize that you, there is another life dependent on you. You begin to think about how you're going to live your life. You begin thinking about the impact you're going to have on your kids. Same for, for your moms. When, when you hold that little baby in your arms and you recognize that this is a child who is dependent upon you, you begin to think about what kind of mom am I going to be? What kind of dad am I going to be? How am I going to impact my children? The responsibility of being a mom or a dad has turned lots of young parents towards God. And here's what I want you to see. Walking with God Always has a starting point. Often it's some kind of event in our lives that leads us to take that step of faith. It can be a positive event or a negative event. Sometimes there are very positive events, like having a baby, and that leads you to turn your heart towards God. Sometimes it's a negative event in your life that pushes you or leads you to walk with God. Maybe it's poor health, or you get a bad report from the doctor, maybe it's a financial stress, and all of a sudden, God has your attention like He never has before. All of a sudden, you begin to have a desire to live with the Lord and for the Lord because you recognize how, how empty life is. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, there are events in our lives that often bring us to that point. Decided we're going to walk with God. But here's, here's the thing. Walking with God always has a starting point. You just don't start walking with God automatically. You just don't grow up walking with God. It always has a starting point somewhere. Just this, just this morning, I got a text from Jason Rumbo. If you don't know who that is, Jason Rumbo is our uh, go partner in Nashville, pastoring a church in Nashville. We're partnering with that church. and <clears throat> Jason sent me a, an encouraging text, and I just want to read to you what he, what he wrote. Here's what he wrote. He said, celebrating another baptism this morning, exclamation mark. And then he tells a story. He said, our UPS delivery guy came in this week looking for advice on how to fix his marriage. I shared the gospel with him, and he prayed to receive Christ on Friday. He said, he's got three young kids, and his wife is not a believer. His name is Chris. Please pray for him and his family. You see, Chris is just like Enoch. There was an event in his life that led him to start walking with God. For Enoch, he was 65. For Chris, he's a young man. I don't know his age, but a young man. For me, I was 11 years old. Maybe today is your starting point. Maybe today is the day that you start walking with God. Today could be the day when you decide, I'm going to do more than just live and die. I'm going to start walking with God. Here's the second thing I want you to understand about walking with God. Walking with God means letting God lead the way. It means letting God lead the way. Look at the text, if you would please. It says in verse 22, After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch, walk, Mark says, Enoch walked with God. That phrase replaces the word lived in the paragraphs previous to this. Previous to this, they, they lived and they died, but but Enoch walked with God. It's a reminder that there's a difference between walking with God and merely living. Lots of people, all they do is just merely live. They live and they die. They, they, they might live successfully. They might live and be prosperous, but they're living and they, they're dying. That's all there is to life. They're living and they're dying They're just merely living, but ladies and gentlemen, you can do more than merely live. You can also walk with God in the midst of that life. You see, walking with God implies fellowship with Him. Walking with God implies that you're walking in the same direction. You're walking with God. You're you're fellowshipping with Him. You're not experiencing life by yourself. You're walking in fellowship with God, walking in the same direction. Uh, Look up here if you would. I I thought about asking somebody to come up on stage, but I want you to notice this. If I were to ask you to come up on stage and say, hey, I want you to walk across the stage with me. First of all, there would be a starting point, wouldn't there? We would start here and say, I want you to walk across the stage with me. Now, if I start across the stage and you go that way, you're not walking with me. You're going in the opposite direction. You're only walking with me if you're going in the same direction that I'm going in. Could I ask you a very personal question? Are you walking in the same direction as God? Are you walking in fellowship with Him? Or are you walking away from Him? Amos 3.3 says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? And the obvious answer is no. Men, if you want to walk with God, you can't fight and resist the direction of God. If you want to walk with God, it means letting Him Lead the way. Psalm 143, verse 8 says, Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. The psalmist was simply saying, I want to walk with you. Show me the way I should go. I'm going to let you lead the way. And Men and women, listen, listen, if you're not allowing God to lead the way, you're not walking with Him. You have to walk in fellowship with Him. And there are two words that are necessary. If you're going to walk in fellowship with God and let God lead the way, there are two words you need to be very familiar with. The words are these. Faith and obedience. You can't walk with God without faith and obedience. You can't walk in fellowship with God in the same direction without faith and obedience. You know my favorite scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's faith. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him. That's obedience. And It says, and He will direct your path. See, it takes faith to let God lead. And it takes obedience to demonstrate your faith. Dr. Chuck Kelly was speaking this past week at the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Kelly is the president of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, my alma mater, who I did my, uh, my uh, doctoral work. And Dr. Kelly was, is retiring, so he was giving his last presentation at the convention, at the annual meeting. And at the end they said, are there any questions? And somebody got up and said, Dr. Kelly, I appreciate uh, your faithful service. I'm, I appreciate you've come to the end of your ministry, not the ministry, but your presidency, and you're finishing strong. And Dr. Kelly, my question for you is this what word would you give to a young pastor so that he too could finish strong like you? And without hesitating, Dr. Kelly, who I admire greatly, without hesitating, Dr. Kelly said, I'd give you one word, it's the word obedience. Then he went on to explain, he said, keep doing each day what God has put on your plate to do. And just seek to obey Him every day. And if you'll seek to obey Him every day, you will finish strong. You know what, that, what he's talking about? He's talking about walking with God, isn't he? Everybody look up here. What's your pastor? God said, come on, come on. Walk with me. Walk in the same direction as me. Trust me. Put your faith in me. Obey me. Demonstrate your faith. Walk with me. I will lead you. I will show you which way to go. But you've got to walk with me. Walking with God means letting him lead the way, number three. Walking with God means being faithful when others are not. Enoch lived in a time when apparently no one else was walking with God. I don't know if you recognize this, but Genesis chapter 5 comes right before Genesis chapter 6. Are you, are you with me? Well, well get what happens in Genesis chapter 6? In Genesis chapter 6, it's the story of the flood. And in fact, Enoch's son Methuselah lives nine hundred and sixty-nine years. And after Methuselah died, that's when the flood occurred. It's possible, maybe even likely, that one of the reasons Enoch decided to live with God or to walk with God, it may be that as he was holding—this is speculation. I want to make sure that you- this is not scripture. This is speculation. It may be that as Enoch was holding that little boy, Methuselah, it may be that God said to him, I'm going to judge the world after he dies. 969 years from now, he's going to die, and I'm going to judge the world with a catastrophic flood. And the Bible does say that year after year, generation after generation, the evil in the world was growing worse. The world was getting darker and darker with every generation. And so Enoch was living in a time that was desperately dark and evil. Nobody else, according to Scripture, there was no other record of anybody else walking with God. Generation after generation before Enoch, they were not walking with God. They lived and they died. They lived and they died. They lived and they died. But Enoch walked with God in the midst of a time when no one else was. So if you think it's hard to walk with God where you live, or hard to walk with God where you work, you need to get into Scripture and see what Enoch did. You see, just because no one else in your family is walking with God doesn't mean you can't. Just because no one else in your dorm is living for God doesn't mean you can't. Just because nobody else in your office is living for God doesn't mean that you shouldn't. You just had the time to read. I'll just read a few of them for you. Enoch's lineage, before him, it says, Seth lived 912 years and then he died. Enosh lived 905 years and then he died. Kenan lived 910 years and then he died. That's a description of far too many people in our world today. They live X number of years and they die. And that's all there is to their life. Oh, they may have made a lot of money or they may have been successful in the world's eyes, but in reality, in the eyes of eternity, they lived X number of years and then they died. But Enoch, Enoch walked with God. Look at the comparison. Read it again, verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, here's the starting point. He became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Which brings me to the fourth point. Walking with God is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. It says there in in that last verse we read, verse 24, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. And it says in verse 23 that Enoch lived 365 years. So he started walking with God at 65 years of age, and he lived 365 years. So how many years did he walk with God, church? Yes. Yes. He walked with God over the course of his life. For the first 65 years of his life, he didn't walk with God. But then there was that day when everything changed and he walked with God for the rest of his life on earth for 300 years. I want to tell you something that wasn't a casual stroll, it was the walk of a lifetime. That wasn't, oh, I'm I'm excited about God for six months. That was the walk of a lifetime. That wasn't, oh, I get excited about God at some kind of conference or meeting. It was the walk of a lifetime. We need men and women who will walk with God for the long haul. Men and women who will be steady in their faith. Men and women who will honor God with their lives. Men and women who will try to come to know God better day after day. Men and women who have a heart to serve God day after day. We need men and women who say, I'm going to walk with God to the very end. Till my last day. Pam McDaniel, I asked her permission to to share this. Pam's daddy passed away this year. He's in heaven today. His name is Mr. Bob Atkinson. I had the honor of preaching his funeral, and someone shared, I think it was after the death of Mr. Bob, someone shared, I believe it was with Tashila, uh, someone said, Listen, I want to tell you something about Mr. Bob. This man said, I'm not a Christian, and I've never known a Christian except for your daddy. You see when you walk with God over a lifetime it becomes evident to others. It becomes evident to others. I want to read Hebrews 11:5. I'm going to end with this. Go over to Hebrews over in the New Testament. Chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 talks about Enoch. The man we read about in Genesis in the Old Testament. Hebrews eleven five 5 talks about the story of this man who walked with God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because, he, because God had taken him away. Now, look at the next part of the verse. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Can you think of a better testimony than that? Don't you want to get to the end and when God takes you home? Don't you want to get to the end when God takes you home that, that basically it said of you, He pleased God. She pleased God. I mean, what could be a better achievement than I pleased God with my life? Uh, stack up everything that you've done. Stack up everything that you've got and it pales in comparison to this estimation. I pleased God by the way I live my life. Translation. Enoch, as he started walking with God, and he walked with God for 300 years, one day God looked over at him, and he was pleased. He had walked with him for that long. He was pleased that he had walked with him that faithfully. He was pleased at the man he had become. And one day said, Enoch, Come on home with me. There'll be a day when God calls you home. With all of my heart, I want to know that when that day comes, I have pleased my Heavenly Father. I want it to be said of me, Hope it can be said of me. My goal is that it would be said of me. There's a man who walked with God. You want that said of you too, don't you? You want me to stand up here at your funeral and be able to say, there was a woman who walked with God. There was a man who walked with God. Walk with God always has a starting point. Maybe that starting point is today for you. There was a time Enoch didn't live with God. He didn't walk with God. And there was a time that he did. It was that event that changed him. That event that brought him to that point of decision. Maybe there's some event going on in your heart, in your life, in your home right now. And it's brought you to this time of decision. And today you need to decide, I'm going to trust in Christ as my Savior. And I'm going to start walking with God. Walking with God means letting God lead the way. You're not in charge anymore. You're walking with Him. Listen, God doesn't follow you. You follow God. You're letting God lead the way. Walking with God means that you'll do it when others aren't doing it. That your your commitment to the Lord is not determined by what others are doing or not doing. And walking with God means this. It's a lifelong journey. And I cannot think of a better journey than walking in fact, can I say to you, I've walked with him now for 48 years. Can I say to you, I can't imagine living life without him. I can't. I can't imagine living, experiencing life without my Heavenly Father. I'm so glad that when I was 11 years old, there was a starting point in my life when I was 11 years old, and I decided that I would start following him. And walking with Him. And I have not lived it perfectly. I have not done everything I need to do. But my heart's desire. Is faith. And obedience. All the way to the end. Let's pray together. Today. During this invitation. We invite you. To let this be your starting point. We invite you. To let this be the time when you say, I'm going to start letting God lead the way in my life. And I'm surrendering my heart and my life to Him. Whether anybody else in your family is saved or not, that you can be. Maybe you just need to recommit your life to the Lord. Maybe you know the Lord, but you need to recommit your heart and your life to Him. And recognize this is a lifelong journey. And I don't always get it right, but it's a lifelong journey. And I'm in it all the way to the end. 65 years, Enoch didn't know the Lord. And then the last 300, he walked with God. I want that to be your story too. Father, in the name of Jesus, if there's anybody here that needs to walk with you, give them the desire and the courage to take that first step. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen.